quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood. Yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connected parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Michelle and I'm solo again and I'm going to be talking about just how to forgive myself and how forgiving myself has helped me forgive my children and has helped me create a soft spot in my own world. And I want to take this back to when it all began and how I began parenting as a attached mom. I wanted to be an attached mom more than anything. And I breastfed my daughters and I studied the Bradley parenting birth method. And I somehow willed myself to have two unmedicated births. And I made homemade baby food and I co-slept and I contact napped and I did all the things they told me in the books I should do to be an attached parent. And it almost killed me. It honestly did because I would work tirelessly to be the perfect mom. And when They were really young. I could do that, even if it was at my own expense and at my own detriment, even if I never slept, in which I didn't. And I never left them alone and I had no life. And I I still did it because I thought if I could just do these things and they will have the perfect upbringing that I didn't have and I will be the perfect mom and everything will be good, quote unquote. I wanted to be good. I wanted to be thought of as good. And I think that all also goes back to my childhood, how... I needed to be thought of as good because if you were good, then you got the love. And if you weren't good, then you didn't get the love. And it was all very conditional. So I I stuck into that in my own parenting, even after years of therapy, because it just came in my face like a a fresh wound that I, I felt like I had never dealt with. And And, you know, I was deeply rooted in the idea of perfection in those days. And as long as I could do it all, I would be perfect. And if I did all the things, worked tirelessly and didn't stop until all the check marks were checked, I would be perfect. At least in my own small mind, I would be perfect. And maybe that was enough because I was trying to avoid the feelings of shame. And I've talked about that before. What happened was my sweet Esme at around two years old 
she came into her own and she had a will and she decided that she was going to speak her mind and assert herself and test the waters as many two-year-olds and many toddlers do. And she began to push back and demand her own way and flat out say no. And this is where things came off the rails because I drew the line. I was not going to have a child who was quote unquote defiant because I had done all the things. I had read all the books. I was the attachment mom and this child was not going to tell me no. So I dug in deep and I decided it was no more Miss Mary Poppins. It was no more nice accommodating mommy who attended to every need and every desire. I was not going to be defied or disrespected by a two-year-old. And that was not happening on my watch, no matter what. And that transition from babyhood to toddlerhood was something I didn't know how to manage. And I couldn't do it in the attached way because it was too triggering for me. So I began to implement the ideas of timeout and star charts and reward systems, just like any teacher would, because that's what we've been taught in our instruction to use rewards and punishments. And those things, they worked for a minute. Each of them worked for a minute, but they began to fail. And when they began to fail, I resorted to yelling. And I not only yelled, I screamed and I scared her into behaving. And that too worked for a little while until she began to yell back. And, and then we found ourselves in complete and utter turmoil. Then everything came off the rails. And in those days, I would, I would go to bed crying because my dream, I thought of being the perfect mom, was shattered. I literally thought of myself as a complete failure, someone who was never going to have a good relationship with their children, someone who would end up with teenage girls who were pregnant and drinking and defying me and would be completely out of control because I somehow had did them wrong. And so I began to hate myself. And the self-loathing was, it was deep and it was hard because I had failed and you can't fail because if you fail, then you're wrong and you should be punished. And I was punishing myself because punishments were part of our world and part of my upbringing that I punished myself. And there was a lot of withdrawal of love in my house when I was a kid. And so I, I withdrew love for myself, which is so odd, but that's the way it happened for me. And those interactions in those days would permeate into the next day with my children. And then I was in such a bad place that I ended up being harsh with them again and disconnected from myself. And we were in this loop that we couldn't get out of. And I thought that I wouldn't, I would never be able to get out of it because I realized eventually is that I loved myself conditionally And if I couldn't love myself unconditionally, then how could I love my children unconditionally? How could I be the soft place for them? I couldn't do that for myself. And if I didn't even know what a soft place was and I didn't have one. So every time I made a mistake, I chastised myself and I put this blame and shame and embarrassment and self-punishment so much so that it was detrimental to the interactions I had with my kids moving forward. Instead of searching endlessly online for answers to your most challenging parenting moments, join me three times each month of the year and ask your questions in person in my new membership community. I will host three live Zoom sessions, provide lessons, a private and intimate online community and support materials organized in an online student portal. 
You don't have to parent alone or wonder if what you're doing will work to promote connection. Join the Peace and Parenting online membership community and find the soft place you're looking for. Go to peaceandparentingla.com forward slash membership and join now. I'm looking forward to seeing you live. So eventually when Esme was five, I found hand in hand parenting. And by the time she was six, I was studying to become an instructor and I was really working hard on the connection piece, but I don't think I really understood self-love yet. And I remember a day in our training and in our trainings, we were assigned a group where we would meet with a bunch of other people that were studying to be instructors and we would listen to each other offload what was hard each week. And I remember that first meeting. Then one of the sweet moms in my group began to talk about how she had shamed her and belittled her young son. And she talked about it with the guilt and sadness she felt around the incident. And she spoke with complete honesty. And I couldn't believe it. I was shocked at how honest she was. And she wasn't afraid that people were going to judge her. And she wasn't afraid that we were all going to think less of her. And as I listened to her, I kept thinking, wow, she's so freeing and authentic And her story and what she was talking about could have easily been me and that her struggles were the same as mine. And our instructor listened to her with such deep understanding and empathy and really reassured her that it was okay. And and somewhere in my heart, I felt like I was being listened to too and that I was somehow healing a little bit too and that in some small way, I was heard. And so... I'd never experienced empathy around my parenting. I only lived in a world where I felt judgment and shame and harshness and punitivity. And there was nobody that was empathetic. And so when it was my turn that day, I cried deep, deep, big cries. And I don't think I was crying because of all the times I yelled, although maybe I should have been. I cried because I had so chastised myself. I'd beat myself up for yelling and for shaming and for belittling. I had really punished myself and, and so spoke so unkindly. And in that moment, I began to learn to love myself just a little bit. And over time, I kept telling myself how human I was and that there's no way we can parent without making mistakes, Michelle. And it's okay that you're not doing it perfectly, but you have to keep persevering. And I began to learn how to forgive and forgiveness for ourselves is so important because I don't think if we feel it internally, then we can also feel it for other people. So I continued on this path of acceptance and the path of self-acceptance inevitably spilled over to accepting my children. It was like, I I could accept my own mistakes. I could accept theirs. And it began to allow me to forgive more easily and allowed me to be more empathetic more easily. And I could notice when they needed empathy because it was the same moments when I needed empathy. It was so parallel and it was so perfect. And I was learning in such an authentic way. There was such a light bulb moment for me. And one that I have to remind myself that is important. And even doing this podcast, I remind myself again how important it is. Just like self-care, it's a buzzword, right? It's trite and maybe people use it too much or whatever, but it's so true is that if we love ourselves and we take care of ourselves, then we can also do that for our children. And that's you know really what it's all about. And do we have a soft place to land in our own inner world? Are we being soft with ourselves? And 
does that softness permeate to being soft with our children? So it's important to find communities that preach these ideas, embrace mistakes, and help us have a space to grant this acceptance to other people, especially our children, but also our friends and our partners and our family members, and most importantly, to us, because that's where it all starts. We can't give our children what we don't know or we don't understand. We can't model what's foreign to us. And we cannot know the importance of something unless we experience it ourselves. And sometimes it's just in your own world, in your own mind, in your own head. Can you talk nicely? Can you say it's okay? Can you forgive yourself? I know they seem like trite ideas like self-love. It's, you know, everyone's preaching it. There's t-shirts with it. And, you know, it's, I don't know. Is it over-marketed? Maybe. But it's a real thing. I think it's more like really knowing we're human. And in being human, we must denounce the idea of perfection and good and well-behaved. And we have to embrace the idea of messy and icky and hard and, and difficult and, and wrong sometimes. And wrong is not always bad, but wrong is maybe a place where we learn. And if we adhere to the ideas of good and perfect, do we do so and forsake ourselves? And in turn, do we forsake our children? So thank you for listening to my rant and this light bulb moment for me, maybe it's a light bulb moment for you too, or it can be, or reinforce reinforces something you already know, but I'm hoping that it can help somebody out there. If you want to know more about connected parenting, there's all kinds of ways you can do that. I have lots of free downloads on my IG bio link, which I'll put in the show notes. You can take one of my courses, which I will also put in the show notes. They're all online and self-paced. And you can join my online membership, a brand new membership where I'm showing up live three times a month and you come and you ask your questions and I, I give you answers and I give them to you live, which is great. And then you become part of this community where other people are interacting and you get lessons and support materials. So check that membership out too. I'll leave it here in the show notes. And you can also be a part of our new YouTube channel. So I hope to see you on the online world. Thanks for joining the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'll see you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.